Do you have a work-related New Year's resolution? Maybe you want more clients. Maybe you want more court time too. Or perhaps you're focused on keeping up with billing. If you've taken the first steps to set New Year's resolutions, congratulations. Now comes a more difficult step of carrying them out. I'm Stephanie Francis Ward, and on today's episode of the ABA Journal's Asked and Answered, we're discussing setting and keeping manageable career goals. My guest today is Karen Kaplowitz, a former litigation partner. Karen now does consulting work with the New Ellis Group. She coaches lawyers and law firms about rainmaking skills and marketing. Welcome to the show, Karen. Thanks, Stephanie. Of course. Is there a difference if you're setting up a New Year's career goal for yourself? Is there a difference in framing a goal as something you should do versus something that you want to do? Well, I think, yes. The most important question is, do you need to do the goals you're considering? So in deciding whether to set a goal, here's a litmus test that I would offer. What's going to happen if you don't achieve a particular goal. What's that going to cost? And is the cost high enough to cause you to make a serious commitment to the goal? So at the end of the day, it it really matters for people to consider the consequences for themselves of not meeting the goals they're setting. Okay. And in your experience, have you seen lawyers who maybe haven't thought about the consequences or maybe they did? I mean, can you share a story with me about how that's worked out for someone? Well, I think that lots of people at the end of the year, uh, when they're filling out their self-evaluation forms for their law firms or when they're setting New Year's resolutions, are doing a lot of knee-jerk resolutions and goal-setting. Uh, They're deciding that they will bill more time. They're deciding they'll bring in more business. They're deciding that they'll stay in better touch with their clients. But without giving a lot of thought to what the consequences are, those don't become really meaningful goals. They aren't ones that people are likely to really follow through on when they get busy doing their regular work. So... Uh, I would say that, you know, like New Year's diet resolutions, uh, career resolutions often get made at the beginning of the year and then kind of set aside. So it's, it's it's this process of taking into account what really matters. What do you really need to do? Is your job at stake if you don't bill more time? Is your job at stake if you don't bring in some major new clients? I mean, those are the kinds of questions that I'd encourage people to consider as they're going through this process of goal setting. Okay. Do you think, and it probably depends on what works for each individual, but I think for a lot of people thinking about it positively instead of that fear, I guess the fear could get you motivated, right? But it might kind of hurt your confidence too. Do you have thoughts on that? Uh, Well, it's not so much fear as kind of evaluation and assessment of what really matters. But at the end of the day, uh, one of the things that I think is really important is that people think about goal setting and implementing their goals in the context of what they normally do. So the idea of crash 
marketing or crash rainmaking is kind of the same as crash dieting. That the, the one of the ideas that I encourage people to think about is in setting goals and implementing goals, can you do it in a way that's consistent with how you normally operate? You know, so for example, uh, if I'm setting a, a particular goal and the way I operate is that I use and rely on my calendar, then I'm going to be thinking about, okay, what am I calendaring? What am I actually committing to and putting on my calendar? Uh, if I'm, um, if I have in mind the goal uh, that I'm going to spend a certain amount of time every day uh, reaching out to clients, am I putting some specific time on my calendar on a daily basis, on a weekly basis, on a monthly basis to actually do that? If I have in mind that I'm going to be in touch with a particular significant client, do I have a specific day in mind that I'm going to set aside the time to do that? So one of the ideas that I think really matters is doing things in ways that are consistent with how you operate successfully anyway. You mentioned um, people come up with these like knee-jerk goals at the end of the year. And there's so much going on at the end of the year. I think that a lot of times maybe we don't think about it closely, especially if we have to come up with some sort of goal for work. I'm wondering, maybe is it better to think about goals and even set new goals throughout the year as opposed to when you're like, okay, I must set up a goal? Oh, you're right. I completely agree with that idea. I mean, goal setting is certainly not restricted to or even best done when you're under the pressure of getting deals done at the end of the year but there's some natural things that happen toward the end of the year that give rise to goal setting. So it often really makes sense to do it at the end of the year. You know, so for example, law firms have these forms that they ask people to fill out, you know, a self-evaluation form. And they often say things like, okay, what did you say last year you were going to do in the way of billable hours? And what did you actually do? What did you say you were going to bring in in the way of revenue? What did you actually do? So it's a, and it's a time when law firms ask lawyers to make commitments and, and, and set goals, which the law firms are then using in doing their budgeting and their projections. So I agree with your point that goal setting isn't restricted to the end of the year, but it really is kind of a natural process for the end of the year. It's a time when you kind of take into account which clients mattered the most, you know, to whom are you sending a holiday gift, uh, and that kind of feeds into planning for the next year. Do you have thoughts about getting yourself in the right frame of mind before thinking about career goals you want for the new year? I mean, I would imagine if you just finished writing a motion that you were under the gun, you may not be, maybe you are in the right frame of mind to come out with goals, but maybe you're not either. Do you have thoughts on getting your mind to the right place to do this so it's the most helpful for yourself? Uh, you know, that kind of depends on how people operate. So in some cases, people give themselves a break uh, to be contemplative. You know, for some people, it's the sort of thing they do 
when they're out for a long walk or out for a run. I know I myself have been a runner or walker, you know, my whole life. And it's a time that is very productive for me in terms of thinking about goals and thinking about problems and um, kind of sorting through things like that. I think that's a very individual kind of thing. Uh, for some people, uh, it helps to have somebody to talk to, uh, either inside their firm or outside their firm, to kind of talk through uh, goal setting and problem solving. Um, you know, people need to do those kinds of things in ways that are comfortable for them. Uh, you know, that's that's kind of a, an ongoing theme for me, which is that uh, it's it's much harder to do things that are brand new and that don't reflect what your own strength and success has been. And that leads to my next question. When you're thinking about setting up your career goals for the new year, should you focus on, okay, what do I do well and how can I do those things even better? Absolutely. I mean, so the starting point often is, you know, where does my success come from and how can I do more of the same? You know, where did my best clients come from? Where are my best relationships? But at the same time, uh, it's important to ask the question, what if a particular goal doesn't happen to be aligned with strengths that you think you already have? You know, so if you need to generate more new clients and that hasn't been a strength, what are you going to do? Are you going to forego that goal or can you consider whether there's some way to do it? Do you have some strengths that you can bring to bear in a particular goal that's not aligned with where you've been successful in the past? Uh, and is the goal for example, getting new clients sufficiently important that you're going to find a way to do it even if it's not something you've done well in the past. You know, is there someone you can find inside your firm or outside the firm to help you get going on some goals that are not easy? Do you see many lawyers having problems where they set a career goal that they really don't have much control over? Absolutely. I mean, we're all involved in a lot of things we don't have control over. Um, at the same time, what I see, having worked with lots of law firm partners, is that not having control is often an excuse for people who are not fully committed to a goal. And at the and and I think it's important to understand that in virtually every goal we set. There's some risk, uh, and and the game is really to evaluate the risks you can afford to take, uh, and the ones you can't, and to sort through what can you control. You know, so for example, one thing that's very frustrating to lawyers when they're um, looking to find new clients is people who just don't respond. So you have in mind somebody in particular that you think would be a great new client. You reach out to them, and they just don't respond. And you try a second time, and they still don't respond. And so one of the ideas that I encourage people to think about, which relates to this question you've asked about control, 
is to think about going for the no. And, you know, that's kind of an idea, which is if somebody doesn't respond, you and once or twice or even three times, you can go back to them and basically say, you know, I've reached out to you, I haven't heard back, and I'm assuming that means that you're either very busy or you're not interested, and could you let me know which it is? So that is an example of taking control of a situation in which, you know, you don't have control. You don't have control over whether somebody's going to respond or not, but you do have control in asking kind of the ultimate question, which is, you know, do you want me to continue pursuing you or do you want me to go away? Okay, that's really good advice. Do you have advice for people who manage lawyers on how they can help the people who report to them stay on track with their goals and encourage them? Yes, yes. Well, I think it is very important for uh, managers practice group leaders and law firm leaders to actively encourage people who they manage to stay on track. And some of that is just being in touch and being available. Uh, One thing I see often in the context of lawyers who are making lateral moves, who aren't well integrated into their new firms, is that they feel very isolated very left alone. You know, people have promised them coming in the door that they will be supported uh, and encouraged and introduced to clients, and then they find themselves just kind of in a silo by themselves. So it's very important for, for practice group leaders and law firm leaders to stay true to commitments they make uh, to the lawyers with whom they work and to and to make themselves available. And at the same time, to invite those lawyers to share with them their progress. You know, uh, the idea of a goal setting is not just the big idea. It's also breaking it down and um, getting uh, organized about what the steps are that are involved in meeting the goal. And so a manager, a practice group leader, can invite uh, somebody in the firm to report to them occasionally on how they're doing and to offer support. Okay. What tips do you have about staying committed to your goal throughout the year? Uh, I think the most important thing is to uh, have the big goal, but then have some identifiable steps and markers of success. You know, so for, I, I, I go back to um, my own running experience. You know, for me, I always found that when I went for a run, I liked an out and back course. So I could uh, have a, a, a milestone, a place that I knew it was, you know, time to turn around. Some people do it in terms of a distance. Some people do it in terms of a time. But the idea is to have some milestones that make it easier to kind of stay on track. You know, I I never liked just kind of running around in a circle on a track. I think the same thing is true in terms of goal setting in a career context. If you have specific steps laid out that you, for example, you have a particular client you want to 
connect with and get to know better and get work from. You know, what are the steps? Where are you going to see those people? When are you going to talk to them? What are you going to send them? Who might you introduce them to? Uh, Over what period of time are those things going to happen? You want to be a more visible leader in a particular uh, area of practice. Are you going to be writing? Are you going to be speaking? How are you going to get those things done and on what timetable? And so breaking down the steps uh, and keeping track of them is a very key part of staying on track Uh, for a particular goal. At the same time, it's also great to mark uh, instances of success. You know, if you get the meeting, if you get the new matter, uh, if you get published, you know, it's important to mark the occasion, share it with other people, uh, and, you know, maybe give yourself a reward. Uh, That's all part of staying committed, staying on track, and making goals work. Okay. How can you avoid feeling overwhelmed when you're trying to reach a goal? I think sometimes people will feel overwhelmed and abandon their goal and then they'll feel guilty about it. And that doesn't do any good for anyone. Right. Well, it's, it, it's, it, it's often the case that people get overwhelmed, but I think the place I see the most problems is when people are trying to manage too many goals at the same time. Um, especially if they are conflicting goals. You know, so for example, if somebody decides they need to spend more time on their career, they need to bill more time, they need to do more client development work, they need to write more, whatever it is they decide they need to do. And at the same time, they also decide they need to invest more time in their families. They may be setting themselves up for huge stress. So, you know, not being overwhelmed in part is setting manageable goals and ones that are not in conflict. Uh, And the other thing is that it's really important to give yourself permission to adjust your goals. So, you know, I I often start work with clients by um, developing a business plan. And I always take the position that we're, we're going to create a business plan and then we're going to start working on executing on that business plan with the idea that we're going to adjust it if it doesn't seem to be working or it doesn't seem to make sense because you're making commitments and you're starting toward a goal, but you need to be flexible. You need to be willing to say, okay, this isn't working. Let's adjust that goal uh, and, you know, often something changes that affects your ability to do something. You know, you're going after a particular client opportunity, and that company gets acquired. You know, it's merged out of existence, and you don't have any strong relationships at the acquiring company. Well, you might as well take that group off your list. Uh, you're not going to feel bad about it. You're not going to be overwhelmed by it. You're just going to make the adjustment and move on. Okay. Can you think of any unique career goals that you maybe you've had or lawyers you know who've had that worked out really well for them that you can share with us? Uh, well, you know, one of the most interesting kinds of um, goal setting that I've seen lately is in 
firms and lawyers and, and leaders in law firms committing to improving the diversity of their law firm, which, you know, which I certainly heartily encourage. And for many law firms, that's proved to be a very challenging goal. It's been hard to create diversity in the ranks. It's been hard to hold on to diverse talent. And one of the ways in which I've seen law firms really succeed is by marrying the goal of diversity with the goal of client development and working closely with clients who are often the biggest proponents of law firms improving diversity in their ranks. Clients are telling law firms that they expect diversity, that they feel they'll benefit from diversity, and are willing to reward diversity by giving more business to law firms that have diverse lawyers handling their matters. Uh, and when and and I think that the um, collaboration between clients and law firms in promoting diversity in the ranks and in the leadership of law firms is one of the ways uh, that I've seen goal setting work really well of late. Okay. With your mention of diversity, I'm reminded of the law firm you started that was all women in Los Angeles a while back. I'm curious, do you feel like professionally has your goal setting changed over the years? And if so, how? Well, my own uh, goal setting, you're right, has always included a focus on uh, diversity and equality. Uh, I did start early in my career a a women-owned law firm in Los Angeles, and I've continued to be very engaged in a variety of ways in advancing diversity, both gender, race, LGBT, diversity in law firms. Uh, So that part of my own uh, set of goals and values hasn't changed. Um, You know, how I do it may have changed. You know, I don't bring lawsuits anymore. (laughs) (laughs) I work as as uh, an advisor to law firms and to lawyers, but um, but the but the values are still very much the same as they were 40 years ago. And have you seen over the years how successful lawyers who are happy with their careers, do you see common behaviors in how they treat their career goals? Yes. I think that um, many, many, many lawyers are deeply committed to their work and love their work. I think the most successful lawyers are very engaged and happy about what they're doing. They love the problem solving. They love interacting with clients. They love the excitement of uh, the work they do. Uh, And they tolerate well the uh, burdens, you know, the hard work, the long hours, the disruptions that a successful legal career often brings to people, they are very committed and sometimes it's really hard for them to give it up. So one of the things that I see that's really um, challenging is for uh, very successful lawyers to transition to their post-lawyering work. 
uh, it's hard for them to find things um, when they retire from their law firms, which they are often really pushed to do these days, uh, that are as satisfying as the work they've done during their careers. All right. That's everything that I wanted to ask you today, Karen. Would you like to add anything else? Well, I really appreciate the opportunity to talk about these issues because goal setting is really at the heart of uh, what successful lawyers need to do on a regular basis at the beginning of the year uh, and throughout the year. Uh, And it's the kind of process that I find personally very rewarding uh, as a business development strategist and coach. So I really appreciate the opportunity to talk about these issues, and thank you for inviting me. Thank you for joining us. I'm Stephanie Francis-Ward. Thank you for listening to the ABA Journal's Asked and Answered. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by, Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer.